This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Zupan's, which uh, has been with us now for a few years. Yep. And you and I have had the opportunity to shop there quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how nice it is to be able to go to Zupan's a lot. Anybody who's out there in Portland should make either Zupan's their main supermarket or put it in the mix. Absolutely. We go there uh, typically er- almost every Sunday to get, because we like to do steaks or some sort of salmon on the grill. Which the, go to Zupan's. The, food, the meat and seafood department is incredible. Yeah. There. In fact, right now, actually, February 8th through the 10th, 30% off grass-fed beef. Right. And if you were listening to this after February 10th, yeah. know that you should sign up for the news oh, feed yeah. and you'll find out what, what kind of deals they have and what's in season over there and what they're doing really nicely. Yeah, some, and sometimes those deals include like two for one by like a New York's steak you get the second one for free right and that's that's a good value because they're excellent steaks so Mm -hmm. to have that second one for free is fantastic also valentine's day is coming up and if you've ever been to zupans you know how beautiful their floral department is not only the fresh flowers but just all the things the, the accoutrements the nice nice pots as well. Yeah. In fact, the, for the last couple of years, Chris, I've been using Zupans as I, I go down, I do my shopping, and then I stop by the, the floral department and I get my uh, roses ordered for Randy and they deliver them here at work. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm on the hook now. I got I have someone to buy some some kind of flowers for. I'm not going to say the roses. I don't want to give it away. Right. She listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, Something will be coming. Oh, now it's no longer a surprise. Ah. It's not going to be flowers. <laughs> Cho- but they have great cho- they have great chocolate. Too, it has to be a surprise, right? It can't just be. Well, and, and that uh, you know, to, to your point, if there's a special gift that you need for somebody, they have so many great things and great ideas I, all around the store. I always find that there's, a, and they have a nice selection of cards. Yep. And but yeah, all the stuffed all, animals all for the, kids. I get, I do that all the time for my girls. Oh really? I yeah. haven't noticed. Oh the yeah. stuffed animals. It's interesting. Well, you're you're you not really you're in looking, the market. Yeah, when you're looking for something. But I am. Oh, man. So, yeah, be in the market. Yep. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Be at Zupan's. Can I do the location? Sure. You always do the location. Yeah, go for it. So that's West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Grove. And also, as always, at Zupans.com. It's time once again for Portland's Food Scene Podcast. It's right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles, Portland Food Adventures. I thought we were going to kind of flip that around, Court. So Court Johnson, kink.fm, you can listen to him, and he's got his own podcast now, and I'm not on it. Nope. But, I, but you know, I think I need I think I need to have you on it. I've, I'm actually involved in two podcasts, one where my wife and I just argue for about a half hour. Yeah, I, and I don't really want to get in the middle of that. Right. And then there's the the Portland 50, where I talk to interesting people in Portland. In fact, no, Chris, you should know, you are on my list of people who need to be on the Portland 50, because I think you were kind of one of these pioneers when it came to special food events in Portland, starting back, oh, how many years ago? Uh... Ten. Ten? No, nine. Nine, nine years nine. ago. We're on, yeah. we're on number 76 yeah. coming up. But yeah, when I, when I started doing it, there had been some, you know, food events, but there weren't a lot of ticketed events back in 2010 when I did my first one. And, 
Yeah, I guess you could call that sort of pioneering. We had I had no one else, no other events to look at right. or worry about, and now everybody's got events all week. But well, but we still sold out our event um, tomorrow. I guess this airs on Thursday, right? Yep. Friday, mm-hmm. the opening of Tasty and Daughters. We have fifty-five people coming there, and we raised fifty-three hundred dollars for the National Brain Tumor Society. Actually, we'll we'll end up with more than that. Uh, our friends at Ringside are bringing um, gift cards to auction off. So oh, very nice! Pretty cool. So, fifty five hundred bucks for uh, a one night dinner for yeah. National Brain Tumor Society. If anybody listened to the podcast with John Gorham um, a couple of months ago in December, yeah, he talks about his battle with his brain tumor. Did I say brain cancer? Or did no, I you said brain, brain tumor. tumor before. You said brain tumor. Okay. Just want to make sure I didn't get it wrong. But um, at any rate, it's a really interesting podcast. It's a tough battle. And then if you remember Karina Comer from uh, her bakery out in Beaverton. Yes. She heard about the event and she wrote and said, I'd like to contribute. So she's contributing too. And uh, and then we have uh, some other folks we know who are coming who have family members who are battling a brain tumor. So anyway... Thank you for having me on your podcast someday. I'm sorry I got off yeah, no. on a tangent there. But um, anyway, it's been real gratifying. And man, if you would have told me 10 years ago, Chris, someday you're going to be, you're going to know all these people in the Portland food world doing a podcast, having interviewed over 200 people and traveled to foreign destinations with people, I would have said, what are you smoking? Right. So, um Anyway, it's been an interesting 10 years. So thank you. I'd love to be on your, your podcast. That would be cool. Okay, it's, it's going to happen. We should also point out if, if it, the, you know, the event tomorrow is sold out, but one thing that's not sold out is the opportunity to go with you to Australia and experience Melbourne like no, nothing else. Yeah, it's really hard for me to um, – I try my best to communicate it, but Nolan Herte, who we, Herdy, Herdy, who we've had on the podcast – before from Proud Mary, you know, they started Proud Mary Coffee Cafe, Coffee Shop in um, in Melbourne nine years ago. And so we're taking we're going back and all the people in the industry there who know him, love him and respect him mm-hmm. are welcoming him and us with open arms. And we're doing some really cool tastings at different coffee places. But um, anybody wants to look up. Uh, dinner by Heston, Heston Blumenthal, uh, two Michelin stars in London. We're doing a special dinner with him in Melbourne and um, really all over the place. It's really cool. We need a couple more people to make it just a little more of a party. So I am willing to um, take make a little deal on that. So if anybody wants to call me, they can find my number or my contact information at portlandfoodadventures.com on that but it's melbourne it's april 6th to 14th and uh gonna be a fantastic nine days eight nights in melbourne i'm looking forward to it very nice thank you yep you bet so chris our our guest today we actually got a two for one when we decided to have doug doug dougie like i I don't i want to call him dougie because everybody calls him dougie but i don't know him well enough to call him dougie doug adams i think i think you can assume that if his if his instagram handle is dougie pdx yeah you can call him dougie Okay, well, well, all right. Then I feel much better referring to Doug Adams as Dougie, but because uh, we not only got Doug Adams, but we got a little insight to his love life. 
Yeah, that was pretty interesting. Um, I think she was a little embarrassed on it, but you could see the two of you and I were sitting there. We had four of us in the pretty small studio, yep. and you could just feel the love energy there. And also, you could see... Doug, man, is just all in. Oh yeah, we're, we're of course we're talking about Whitney Burnside. We should uh, maybe we should mention her name, Whitney Burnside. I'm sorry, I yeah. thought I, we skipped over that. Yeah, yeah, Whitney Burnside of Ten Barrel Brewing, who is Doug's fiance, and they're getting married. I believe they said in September. Yep. So um, they've been engaged for a little while, and they talked a little bit about what it's like to be two very very busy people. Um, establishing a life together and how that's been and really their their best moments are out on the river um and uh also whitney is going to be one of the guests on our international women's month series coming up in march starting march 7th um she'll be interviewed by molly real of good day more good day oregon Mm -hmm. and um we also have some other special uh, interviews as well. Women are interviewing women on women's issues. So um, we thought, you know, two two guys like us in a room to be discussing National Women's Month. We just thought it was appropriate to let the girls have it. Yep. And um, so we also have uh, Brooke Jackson Glidden from Eater interviewing Maya Lovelace. And uh, then we'll look forward to Lisa Schroeder interviewing Lori Wolf who is the Martha Stewart of Cannabis Edibles. Nice. And, of course, Lisa's from Mother's Bistro, and we thought it would be really awesome for her to um, to host an interview yeah. as well. And we got another one coming up with Cassidy Quinn as well, cool. who has yet to uh, tell us who she's going to be talking to. All right. Well, that's something to look forward to in March, but looking forward to, like, just minutes from right now. So I'm the tangent king. Yeah. I keep getting off on, well, on tangents. I- I'm, here to, I'm here to just corral us back in, Chris. That's all. <laughs> That's what, and you do a great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. So other than, so Doug also was talking about the difficulties of the expectations of a guy who won, uh, won his way to Top Chef. He didn't win it, but he came very close to winning it uh, a few years ago and has really endeared himself, I think, to a lot of people, starting with the chefs who have, uh, had him in their kitchens when he was kind of green, mm-hmm. like Vitaly Paley and Greg Denton. Um, they both told stories of Doug on our on right at the fork as well. And uh, you know, a lot of people love Doug, and now he's just opened his new restaurant um, at the Woodlark uh, Bullard, which is of course named after where he grew up in Texas. And so he's doing Texas slash Oregon food there. And um, just uh, after over two years of anticipation just opened uh, over a little over a month ago. And um, he's, uh, he's really enjoying what it's like to be in the kitchen, but it's also a big challenge. First time he's run the whole operation. Yeah, he, he kind of gets into exactly what you talked about, where figuring things out as, as much experience as he has, he's still kind of figuring things out as he goes. Yeah, well, you know, if we go back to Euro Dreams of Sushi, that movie, he was still learning at age 86 along the way, right? Every day, he wanted to learn something new. So, Dougie's a little less than 86. Quite a bit less. Yeah, no, and he's learning something new. So, he's, uh, 
you know, he's in a good stage in life, man. He just opened his big, beautiful restaurant in the heart of Portland. And as I uh, imply on during the interview, he's kind of embodying the next generation of the industry, uh, what's really been coming, because, um, you know, he's a guy who um, had worked in some other restaurants, but now all of a sudden we're seeing expensive restaurants open with big investors and more pressure on these people and he's right next to you know a food uh, a pod a uh, food cart pod that should be closing soon and then there'll be some new restaurants probably there the game has changed in portland and doug is right on the forefront of that so it was interesting to hear from him um about his perspective on uh, on bullard and the portland food world Mm-hmm. And love, and love too. Oh yeah, a lot of love. <laughs> and uh, so we'll, we'll make sure. I would suggest everybody subscribe to the podcast so they can hear all these wonderful interviews that are going on Nationals Women's Month. I'm sure everybody wants to hear when I'm not around. It's time. Sure. Heard enough of my voice right now, <laughs> and then in March, not at all. All right. Okay. So here we go. Here's Doug Adams on right at the fort. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more. With a delicious emphasis on locally sourced items, the best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove, and at Zupan's.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. By Ringside Steakhouse. Owned by the Peterson family for generations, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape, featuring impeccable service that has set the standard for nearly 75 years. Enjoy the finest aged steaks, their world-famous onion rings, and even Ringside's legendary late-night happy hour. Whether it's a special occasion, a business dinner, or just a great night out, make a reservation at ringsidesteakhouse.com today. And by... Portland Food Adventures, inviting you to listen to Right at the Fork, episode number 170 with Proud Mary Coffee's Nolan Hurdy. Then imagine yourself eating and sipping your way through Melbourne, Australia this April for nine incredible days of VIP treatment at Nolan's favorite places in Proud Mary's home city. It's all at PortlandFoodAdventures.com under the Trips tab. Contact Right at the Fork host Chris Angeles for more information and extra savings on these PFA food journeys. Do you uh, do you both get time to spend together during days at all? How is your time together? Uh, almost not. I mean, since the opening of Bullard, we've gotten very little. At night, late, early mornings for coffee when I'm when we when we have time, and then now I'm at I'm at like sometimes one day off a week. So we we saw each other yesterday, which was fun. And are you able to sync that up so that you're off the same? Yeah, it's nice because the brewery, you kind of just are at the whim of whenever the beer is ready. So it's pretty flexible. Oh, good. Yeah. And you can control that. Yeah. That's under your control. To some extent. How much much more controlled than yeah. than That's what I was just going to say. How is everything under control for you at Bullard? Now that you're uh, a new experience for you, do you feel pressure? I mean, everybody's been talking about this place for a long time. Yeah, I feel pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's pressure that I put on myself and 
it's a big it's a big project for my first one. You know, a lot of people open up restaurants and then kind of work up to something this big, and I just did it. Um, obviously, but, you, but you've been I've in some pretty big kitchens, yeah, totally. with some great people. Some, it's, it's a couple a, of mentors along the way. I mean, totally you know, amazing ones too. You might, been, ha- you might have just one of the best resumes in, in Portland now that I think about it for for a local guy, yeah, and, and local experiences. Well, that's what totally. I meant. A Portland, yeah, res- yeah. Portland chef resume. Vitaly and the Dentons, and I'm sure Ben Bettinger working. All all of those were were amazing. Um, I just fed Greg and Gabby for the first time at Bullard, and it was. I, uh, I saw that it was an intense, emotional. It was fun, you know. You you spend your whole career kind of working up to it, and then it happens, and it hasn't really felt too real. There's like been flashes of like kind of surreal moments where it's like, holy shit, you know, we're I'm finally here. I did it, and that was one of them, which was fun and scary i told greg i was like i you make me more nervous than karen brooks <laughs> really <laughs> totally so what do you think it's gonna what, what, why why so nervous you know you got it you it's, got to- it's just i'm a nervous guy to begin with i mean there's just a couple there's different personalities some dudes and some ladies can just crush it and not think of it and i'm always kind of like thinking what i can do better and how can we tighten things up like what i can so it's 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 a blessing and a curse. I'm just always constantly looking at things and I'm like it's not good enough. We we gotta we gotta keep going. Like what what are we doing wrong? What do we got? And there's so much to look at in a project like that that it can be pretty daunting. So what's um, the biggest change? You you opened how long ago? Uh, a little over December fifteenth. So we're about six weeks. Yeah, seven weeks in. Yep. What's the biggest change you've made that you thought, oh man, I thought that was going to be what I should be doing and I mean, it's kind of everything and nothing. I mean, there's, there's, in general, it's it's a whole different ballgame, like being like an owner as opposed to just like the chef. Like I was the chef of Imperial, so I, I took things as far as I could and then it got to a point where it's like, okay, that's just not, that's out of my control. And now... And you don't have to lose as much sleep. Totally. <laughs> I think, and now, um, you know, with Whitney, like this is the first time in my life that I've like had something other than work that seems so it's it's a it's a whole nother ball like i'm just at a whole different point in my life which is fun and intense and special so um is being in love does that make you a better chef is it totally (laughs) i think it's just being like seeing like you know before and it's kind of funny i'm I'm glad that things took so long because i feel like i'm at a good point in my life to do it where as I left Imperial, it was just this like move. I, I think that Bullard is a, and Abigail Hall, they're better businesses at this point in my life than, you know, two and a half years ago, it was all about me. That, that was my kind of mindset it was like my career, my focus, my, my food. And then you get to a point and you open a business like so much bigger than that. Right. Like, well, plus, yeah, now you've got a team assembled, which two and a half years ago, it was just a concept. Totally, and that's that's some real. I feel so responsible for all the men and women that that are there every day. They're like, even getting reviewed, it feels so much different. Then it's just not about me. It's about like all. It means butts and seats for all these people. It means raises for my cooks. It means the busier we are, the more I can pay Ricky, the more I can pay Daniel Bailey and Carlos and all these people that that work so hard. You know, it's my dream and it's named, it's so personal to me, but then there's all these people 
that want it to succeed just as much and you feel so responsible to do well as a business so you can take care of them and all of a sudden it's like more than a like a, a recipe that I came up hoping that Karen or Michael like it it's about I want to be busy <laughs> so so we can take care of people and I can I can grow and the people that I have I can create more for them whether it's at this spot or another one so it's a whole another much more heavy <laughs> responsibility so, you, so you're already looking towards um something else at that uh, road? no it's not like no. top of mind but it's a goal uh i don't know i don't even know i'm so buried in this one i couldn't i couldn't even tell you but yeah it's just about like it's it's a very real responsibility when you look at all these people and you're like okay how do i how do i take all these people that have absolutely fucking killed it for me and keep them how can I grow? Uh, I'm like, Ricky, Ricky's been with me for, I mean, like seven, eight years. And I've been lucky enough that I've always had something to keep him going. And, and I want to watch him grow and expand. So you, you start to think about like all these, well, I can't do that if there's no butts and seats, right? Right. I can't, I can't even. Well, we've heard this before, the this, this story. It's really interesting. You're not, th- you were two years ago, you weren't thinking about this because as you said, it's all about you, but. When I first met John Gorham a long time ago, when he first opened Tasty and Sons, said, what was this all about? And he said, it was basically just to put people so I can have people grow their careers right. with us and not leave necessarily. It's, it's one of the the huge, I think it's probably the best thing about the industry is like watching a guy like Ricky crush it right like reviews are fun and they're good and it it's it's great for the ego to know that what you're cooking people dig and Mm -hmm. and you see that in the dining room but truly like watching and i kind of saw that in greg and gabby's eyes when they came in it's like it's fun to see someone who you spent so much time on like grow into something new so i think it's a it's like the not the hidden gem of the industry but it's it's the absolute best part well we, I think we touched on this last time you were here, but, and we played the clip, I believe, but when Greg Denton was on the podcast and we asked him about you, cause you uh, and he cited that exact same thing, that it was one of the most gratifying things that Good. he could imagine was your growth. Do you remember that? Yeah, you, I do. I yeah, do, of it course. Was, it was really cool, so that was important to him. So how much are you uh, bringing home at night to Whitney that she didn't sign up for? There... Uh, <laughs> 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 Did you know you were in for this? I, I figured that it might come up. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. So no, it's just much. curious. So, you know, you you both, um, how long have you been seeing one another? And then when did you get engaged to be married? Uh, we got engaged in August. Congratulations, by Thank the way, you. officially. I think I wished you that somewhere you along did. the way. You did. Thanks. And um, I don't know. When did we? Um. Oh, like fall, a, fall of so you know what? I'm going to correct myself because she had to know what she was getting. You were this project was looming, so I think I don't. I don't think she really truly knew. I totally didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I was like prepare, trying to prepare myself for it. I'm like, oh, here it comes. Got to just like hold on tight. Here we go. And then no, nothing can really prepare you for it. But it's been it's been amazing seeing like everything happening so are you do you ask for suggestions um and do you do you bounce things off of whitney totally and and vice versa for beer but she's whitney um 
enjoyed. She, you know, she worked for some for some great chefs in Seattle before she did. She worked for Ed, she worked with Eduardo Jordan, uh, June Baby, and Solari in Seattle. So she she is much more qualified to help me with food stuff than I am with beer stuff. <laughs> my okay. my my scope on help with beer goes. I like this. <laughs> oh, and the, she's like, why? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm the, same, I'm the same way. I like what I like. You like what you like. <laughs> and it's, it's super fun learning. But yeah, she has a great palate, especially when it comes to like herb notes. And she has a very delicate palate. And I'm like the opposite. So sometimes it's great to have her feedback because I'm just like, big, big flavors, smoke, more grill, more char, and she sees things. Yeah, but he's learning a lot about beer. I mean, don't you think you've come a long way? (laughs) Yeah, oh, totally. You have to learn. He's now picking up IPAs and turning them away, saying, oh, this has so much allium. I didn't realize that my, like, favorite beer was a porter until (laughs) I was in love with it. Were you you drinking much, many porters before? No, I just always, I always kind of categorized them with, like, you know, imperial stouts and like bourbon, right. and then That's you and then you you have one, and you're like, oh, this is super light. It's really it's, good. It's <laughs> the, one of the one of the most uh, delightful things is to be presented, and I, this happens with for me like with beets. You know, I'm not a big beet lover, but when they, when you love them, I just had a great beet salad the other night. It's fun. It's really nice, and it's nice to change your perception instead of always thinking the same things. I want to point out, and we probably will have done this in the introduction, but we're all very curious about Whitney and Ten Barrel Brewing, and we're gonna you're gonna be back on the podcast in about a month with yeah. Molly Real from KPTV. Yeah. So we're doing our women. We're doing our women interviewing women series for International Women's Month. Awesome. And you're the first one booked. Well, you're not really booked. We haven't. We don't have the date yet for the recording. But cool. So if anybody's listening now, um, this that will happen. Yeah, that will happen. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot. We should probably just have Doug in here. No, we can't. It's women interviewing women. We're we're not allowed. (laughs) All right. Um, but uh, so how do you um. are you happy with where Bullard is, or is it every day you've got to be unhappy to make it better? No, it's not. I, I am happy, man. I, I sincerely think I got the best opening team in town, from front of the house to my business partner, Jen, and all my managers. How did you meet Jen? Because I, I... Jen, I met... Um, so she she had been on the Woodlark Project for, for years, um, kind of headhunting chefs for it. And we, for some reason, my name came up and I think it was, I was at Imperial, but like word around town was that I was like, you know, sniffing for something else. I was meeting with Kurt and that's a small, that, t- that's it's Kurt a, Huffman, so people know it's a, it's a small town. Things get around real fast. Yeah. And me and Jen had coffee and we talked about the building and I had been, I was, I was a pretty dumb kid at the time. Well, I probably still am, but I was smart enough to know that I needed like some serious help. When you look at a, a project this big, it would have been total like suicide to try and do it all on your own. So the more that me and her, and I mean, her resume is amazing with Multnomah Whiskey Library and Riffle and everything that she did in New York. And the more we kind of got to talking, the more I was like, man, you could, you should, you should do this with me. And then we just kind of hit it off and we've enjoyed a lot of time working on it. And it's great to have that support as a chef that the number one you know, advice I would give to young guys, like find somebody that believes in you, but not enough that they won't steer you in the right direction when you need it. And then will protect you creatively. 
you know, it's a it's a great thing when somebody will fight for you that will look at you and be like, nobody's ever going to tell you what to cook. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard. This, this day in Portland, it's not the same city where you can have a dream and get a great spot in a location that will do well. It's you're, there's a lot of meetings with accountants. You are you're the embodiment of how Portland has changed. I, I, really? I could see so, that. So when you think about it, you know, for years, you've, a lot of chefs were with, without a huge investment opening something. I mean, it's what I heard from, and I've mentioned this before, Ethan Stoll up in Seattle. He was always jealous of Portland because... It was easy. Yeah, they didn't have the financial pressure. You can open what you want and be creative, and if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the... You can change tracks. Now, all of a sudden, you're in expensive space over there. It's hard. there's a lot of pressure on you, and, um, you know, there's, there's... You can't be... You have to be creative to, to do great things, but on the other hand, there's that balance sheet. And it can be dangerous that you, you might need to, you know, meet once a week with a bunch of people that are telling you what they think you should do if you have a slow week or if you have a slow month. So, And that's not what tough. you really it's got not. into the business to do. It's, it's absolutely not. <laughs> and, and so while you were talking a minute ago about your team and adjusting and so forth, could you have seen yourself when you were recruited for Top Chef having that discussion and talking about uh, the issues that you're dealing with now? And Because I, it seems to me that you've... Even in the two years since we were here on the podcast, you've you've learned a lot. You've matured. You had to have. Well, it's it's funny as a as a chef, I've learned like about life. I didn't have. I didn't really. You. I started to realize that like I didn't really have a life. You know, you have work, and then you have, you know, beers with friends and sleep and rest and like getting the chance to, kind of step away from it and like meet Whitney and realize like there's so much more. Then, then the industry and it's a tough industry for that, and I love it, and I'm it's it's addicting, and I I'm I'm back in it now. But getting just a little bit of different perspective will do a lot. It's if you're, and I mean, I, obviously, I was very fortunate to do to do so. Um, I'm I'm lucky in, in that respect. But even just falling in love and having that, like, okay, I'm gonna leave. I don't care. <laughs> you go see my wife. Like tomorrow's gonna be fine. Today's gonna be fine. Don't burn the restaurant down. Prep lists are done. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to leave the restaurant. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. you had to leave each other in the morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. Having, having that like line, you know, in the sand that I'm still learning. I mean, and she's, she reminds me constantly of it. And then it's so hard on a day off to like pull. I mean, yesterday we were hanging out and we were at Hot Yai eating and she sees me like just, she can just tell in my eyes when I'm like drifting. She's like, come back. <laughs> <laughs> It's tough. Um, do you um, look at him? Look at the way he's looking at you. You didn't see that. <laughs> he's he really wants to know what you're thinking right now. What do you have to say about that? I don't know. What were we talking about? He was Just talking kidding. about how it's tough and how no, love makes it, it a little more difficult. And um, you know, it's not when you fell in love. Things have changed even since then. wasn't wasn't long ago. Yeah, um, it's it's all about finding a balance. I mean, we're still trying to find it. God, I'm all embarrassed. Do you, no, no. <laughs> do, you, do you have discussions about the balance, or are you? Uh, like, is it like? Yes. Is there a business of love that you have to say, okay, let's let's collect this? Sorry, do, do we have a fan? No, court? I just can... this happens. <laughs> I, I blush. Thank you. You blush easily. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I think that 
um, we just you know, try different try different things and just I mean just being together and hanging out is just well all I can say is I see you I think I've seen you once together that wasn't on Facebook and that's maybe a couple of times but you both look really happy but that's Facebook and I know you're happy I can see it in your your eyes and your hearts right now and um, how did you meet sometimes you know I think it'd be a really fun thing to have people in soundproof booth and ask Whitney how she how you met oh, and really describe funny. it and then have Doug come out you should we do that yeah do you want to walk outside and not listen to this response and then have sure. you describe it okay I think that'd be fun that would be fun okay so I'm we're can get court work can Doug just stand right there you like stand right there. it'll be awkward but it's okay. all right are you okay with that yeah. no no I, okay no no I don't want you to hear it oh, okay oh my gosh <laughs> quick it's only going to be two minutes okay 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 um, so we met, um, at, I think it was at, uh, Taqueria Nueve on Sandy. Um, it was some sort of Pono Brewing event. There's Eric in the middle of everything. Yeah, I know. He's everywhere. Hi, Eric. <laughs> um, so he was doing something with, of course, with food and chefs making tacos and Doug was one of them. And at the time I didn't know, I didn't know Doug. I didn't know really, I didn't follow Top Chef or anything and um but it's funny because on instagram maybe like a month before um i was uh just scrolling through and i was uh going i saw that my friend Kier jensen some sort of like she posted something or whatever and i saw a picture of doug i didn't know who he was but i was like oh he's really attractive he's really cute and so i messaged her and i said put me in touch with this guy whoever he is and she didn't respond and that was that. It's typical of, a sh- of someone in the food industry. Yeah, so I show up at Taqueria Nueve with my friend um, who uh, actually was there to see some guy there. And um, and I had eaten an edible, so I was pretty stoned. And um, I, was, <laughs> I was standing outside. I remember standing outside, and it was just me and my friend, and I turned around and Doug was there, and I was. That was the first time I like saw his face since the since Instagram. I was like, "Oh, that's that guy." But of course, I'm stoned, so I'm like, kind of just like kind of freaked out. So I looked at him, and then I turned away, and then I looked again, and then I turned away, and then he finally, because he was noticing this, and he finally reached out his hand. He's like, "Hi, I'm Doug," and I'm like, "Oh, hi." <laughs> and he he likes to say that I I introduced myself my full name and said that I was that I made beer for a living but that is not that is not how well happened. here we here is how long until your first date from there well he skipped out pretty early that night because he um, apparently had I, tied one on oh okay so, I would think he would have had to compose himself if beautiful woman came <laughs> like that you. came over and introduced herself so I, I had to message him on I found him on Instagram message him like where did you go like we were hitting it off, we need to, you know, what's going on? Or what did I say? You can't just. You know, we just met and you already ghosted me. That's what I said. Wow. But we went on a date the next week. Nice. Yeah. And it went from there. You've never been on a there. date with anybody else since. No. Good. Yeah. Good for you too. Okay. Okay. Let's get Doug All right. In here. <laughs> Pausing a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places in Portland to eat: Ringside Steakhouse. It has been a favorite of. A lot of people for uh, almost 75 years, mm-hmm. celebrating their 75th year 
this year yeah. is Ringside Steakhouse in the Peterson family. Yep. And so we're not the first ones to have it be our favorites. No, but but it's definitely if you've got a special occasion or if you just are looking for a great place to go eat tonight, Ringside Steakhouse. Yeah, and if we got a couple of things. We usually record this podcast on Mondays. Yeah. And so once in a while we go for the it's prime night oh, at yeah. uh, at Ringside Steakhouse, prime rib rib dinner, three courses. 35 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's 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 pretty great. While supplies last, we got to add that in there. Well, yeah, just don't call us if they're out. That's right. all. But but you can also do the, th- the 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 prime rib any other time of the of the week. They also have their three course specials that uh, are either before 6 or after 6 um, where you get that uh, th- that same three course and I got to say the uh, creme brulee at Ringside Steakhouse. It can't be beat. See now Creme brulee isn't my thing. That's mm-hmm. good. But French onion soup is. Oh, yeah. And in that three courses, you can get the front sure. French onion soup. And oh, that's, yeah. That's 45 bucks for a three-course supper special. That's not necessarily prime rib. They have some Other really things. good options. I do the, uh, the steak and surf and steak. What do they call it? Steak and... Surf and turf. Surf and turf. That's the, Pretty that's sta- the technical term. It rhymes. That's all. So speaking of rhyming... I was thinking steak and shake. This doesn't rhyme, but I wanted to share with people because, you know, I was... I was hungry last week, and I and I landed upon the happy hour menu. Mm-hmm. So the happy hour at, at Ringside. Look at this, top of head, four to five thirty on Sunday, or any night after nine thirty. Yep. So if you're out there, it's getting close to eight or nine, and you're thinking I'm hungry, just wait till nine thirty and jump into Ringside. Listen to this: a house ground cheeseburger is three seventy five. Only three seventy five. Only three seventy five. Add on a buck. Ring, this is Ringside. Yeah. This is not. Add on a buck and you get bacon on it. Yeah, there you go. And they have uh, clam strips for four seventy five. Mm-hmm. Uh, fried calamari. I've had that. I've had that. It's delicious. Same thing. Yep. Four seventy five. Um, jumbo shrimp, five seventy five. So uh, great deal. But I'll tell you what. Even if you don't hit happy hour, you can order most of those things, yeah. and they're all delicious, and uh, it's always a nice dinner out at Ringside. Yep, you can make your reservations today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. Okay, Doug. How was it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm, so I'm going to say one comment on what she said. You're a lucky man. Oh, yeah. You're that, a very that, lucky man. That that much I know. So go ahead. How did you meet? Let's. Uh, so I was asked to do a. I was asked to be a judge for a cocktail shandy. Shandy, right? That's a beer cocktail competition with Tommy Habits and Meatballs Mama Carrie Young, and and Tommy's a good buddy of mine. And we uh, we tried a lot of cocktails and we got pretty buzzed. And then we smoked a joint, got more buzzed, and then had some more cocktails, got more buzzed. And I was, I was pretty i was pretty lit and um it was afterwards and i'm like eating some food it was at uh takier nueve and benny bettinger was doing some food and me and benny were shooting the bull and he was like there's a blonde across the room like staring <laughs> like holes in you and he was like he was like play and he knew and you know benny's like my big brother and he was like are you good you got this right now and i was like totally totally and i like turn around and i see this like the the shortest person in the room other than me like looking at me and I was like damn she's super super hot <laughs> and he's like alright and he's like coaching me through it because he knows I'm kind of drunk and I went over and talked to her and I think I like put my arm around her and asked her if she wanted to get a drink and I think Benny was like ugh <laughs> shaking his head and then we had an exchange and I went over and Benny was like 
dude, you got to roll. He's like, get her number and and roll because you're gonna you're gonna blow it. Mm-hmm. And he knows me too. And like once I'm at the point, I'm at the point. He's like, you're, you're totally gonna blow it. And I think that I we chatted for a minute, and I think that I thought that I did something really stupid. So I was like, abort, abort, abort. So I just like piled into an Uber, and then on my way home, she shot me a message. Yeah, he left me. Well, I didn't, yeah, leave, I didn't I leave you. I was going to point out that he never got your number. I know. Well, I didn't. maybe. I don't know if you did. I don't. I, I definitely don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, Whitney said she had to find your Instagram yeah, to did. send you a message. So then she wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten her number because she probably would have left thinking yeah. he's, he might call me. I, I do want to say I believe it was on our second date. I told her that I was going to marry her. Oh, I was going to ask she, that. And she was like, that's super creepy. I was I like, did. well, just give it some time. Oh, so, you didn't say, <laughs> so you didn't say yes right off the bat? No. No, she didn't. And I, even, and I even took her to Han Oak. I mean, that's it. That's, that's pretty, impre- that's that, pretty that impressive. That doesn't seal a deal. Yeah. Everybody in Portland will know how important <laughs> that is. Yeah. So, uh, and then where were you? How did the how did the proposition take place? Um. Oh, and I asked her. Yeah. We were. We spent a lot of time fly fishing proposal, together. Proposal. I'm sorry. It's really yeah. the word is proposal. Um. We were fly fishing on the Deschutes River in Maupin. I'm like, I that's had, so you. And her. You've, yeah, it is me you, now. It's you too? Yeah. No, but it was you then? Uh, that, you then, do- yeah. 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 So and I, I had the ring, and I was like waiting for her, and I, I asked her to go did fishing you, Did you me. kneel in the river and get like like shoulder deep in one? No, <laughs> but it was close, so it was... Uh, it was was it was I think it was a really hot day in the summer. Yeah, and she knew that the fishing was going to be bad, so she was like skeptical because I was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to go fishing," and she was like, "It's supposed to be like 105 degrees and there's no trout biting." And it I was, was like, after Come I on. got off work. Come He's on, like, let's go. It's going to be fun. Four o'clock. It's okay. going to it's going to be fun. So we got all the way out there and the fishing sucked and. Well, that's the nice thing about Oregon in the summer, man. You can leave hot. at four or five. Sure. Well, but also you can leave and still totally. up till ten yeah. o'clock. You're good. So it was like the last hole of the day. She was like ready to go, and I was like, "Let's go to one more." And then we went down. As luck would have it, was I, that the time that I said, "Don't talk to me"? He something no. like, "Yeah, you got you are pretty heated." Um, <laughs> and she, our, I, she often gets mad at me when we fish because I kind of cast in her water sometimes because you know, like we're on one side of the river. And oh, I, you're not you're not sharing water in the first year. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, I, I cast it over her line, and we got tangled up. And she was like ready to punch me in the nose, and I walked over and did it. He, he grabbed my rod, and I was like, still all heated. And then he was calming me down and saying such sweet things to me. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, is this really happening? And then I was feeling like an idiot and embarrassed because I was just so upset so about it. Was, was this your first real spat? Oh no! And we were. It wasn't a spat. Oh, it wasn't a spat. Oh. I we do this get, every time. I, we I always get yelled at a little bit. When yeah. We, oh. when we go fishing. It's. <laughs> is it just fishing? Maybe you're going to stop fishing after a while. And it's all in. in it's all in. Right? It's yeah. all in fun. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There was one. <laughs> should I tell him? Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> there was one time where he's just like showing off. I mean, just pulling him out of the water, Mister Roper. And uh, and I just was getting skunked, not catching anything. And I'm, at this point, I'm just really upset. I'm upset that I'm not catching anything. He's catching them all. And so don't judge me for what I'm about to tell you. Because, again, no it's ju- all out this of is love. No judgment zone. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to do one more hole. And he's like, we're walking down. 
and he wants to help me because he's just so nice and he's very patient with me. Um, and I said, all right, well, when we get down there, don't say a fucking word. <laughs> she like whispered it in this like really menacing. I'm like, come on, come on, there's one more hole. It's going to be great. She goes, okay. And then she kind of leaned in and she was like, when we get down there, don't say a fucking word. Did you catch one on the last hole? I did. You did? Yeah, thanks to you. So you're, uh, you're better... You're better at fishing now. She's good. I'm, yeah, I, I'm fishing now. She's good. Of him. Yeah. And you don't need him. You could do it by yourself. I, I did, in fact. Yeah. Wow. I went a couple times. You know, she goes out fishing with uh, Nora Antone, uh Andrew Mace's mm-hmm. wife, and she's the pastry chef of Tusk and Ava Jeans. So we we all go out, and now they're now they're fishing buddies. Yeah. Nice. She's what else do you, What else do you like to do? Is that the the default? Activity when you both have time off, you're going fishing. I guess so far, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And what about what about uh, and Whitney? Where you you grew up in Washington? Yeah, in Issaquah. Issaquah. Mm-hmm. So where do you? So do you both like to go to Texas and or Seattle and Montana? Do you we know? we've been we've been to all all four of those, but we spend a, we like to go up in Washington quite a bit. Yeah, we've yeah. we had a great weekend in Winthrop. Mm-hmm. Which is way up north, and yeah, yeah. My parents live on Whidbey Island, so, so we go there quite a bit. We head up there. Fantastic. Yeah. So, um, what uh, what do you foresee in the uh, foreseeable future at at Bullard, and what kind of things can people expect? Um, let's talk about Bullard a little bit. Not so okay. much what's in the future, but there are probably a lot of people who haven't been there yet. Totally. What do they expect? Let's hear it. You know, it's it's really it's pretty straightforward, simple food. Um, we do a lot of a lot of large format stuff. Um, it's been kind of a wild ride getting the teams head wrapped around it because you know we we start things early in the morning, and you got that shot to get it right for dinner. So it's it's been a fun process of getting the sous chefs wrapped. You know, it's like you know how intense you are when you're. It's 7.30 and you're watching the cook cook the $60 ribeyes. It's like it's kind of like that all day at Bullard because the chicken's going at one time and the pork bellies go in and the beef ribs. And if we screw it up, it's kind of like owning a steakhouse and walking out to the dining room and being like, all steaks are mid well. <laughs> so there's that, that pressure. But um, there's a lot of meat. There's a lot of meat at Bullard. How much, uh, and how much goes into making sure that, because that, to me that's a big thing, if a... St- place that specializes in meat can't get my steak totally rare to medium rare totally how much how much of your heart it's and soul goes into all of that 100 percent all day like i think i'm so proud of i think the chicken and bullard is is phenomenal mm-hmm. i think that the beef rib is getting all the attention and it's great and i've done those for quite a while the chicken i think is is special um we it's like a 48 48 hour dry care so salted which is not easy to keep up with when you're doing lunch and dinner and we're we're moving through. I'm I'm attempting to build another walk-in because of all the protein that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but the birds are salted and then we, we rub it down with a wet marinade of fish sauce and guajillo chili paste and orange juice and lime juice and garlic. And then we slow smoke them to about 48 degrees. Just, I mean, pretty rare. And then we... For service, we we broil them super super hot, and the skin gets really really crispy. I'm a I'm a big fan. 
it's it's a it's solid and we do the half bird and full bird and i love people downtown coming being able to come in and just get a full chicken dinner and flour tortillas which we spent way too much time on so how many people will that with everything that you're serving that full bird serve oh four easy four easy easy nice yeah so but it's it's fun you know it's it's hard it's my first one so there's so much to learn like the pricing and all that you know i was i had a lot of help from from Vito at imperial so now it's just it's a it's a it's a huge learning curve but i think we're i've the goal always at bullard is to be better every day and we're human beings and the the pressure it's my biggest fear is that when people have so much time to hype it up, you're inevitably disappointed when you come in and you're like, it's still just that's food, a, right? Yeah. So that that's that's you've a got, lot of you've pressure. You've got a lot of hype, so and it is, and that's why that's why people don't want the Michelin stars anymore because they just don't want the <laughs> expectations to be. And I'm not saying that everybody doesn't want them, but some restaurants have given them up so that people will just come in and have a good time. And it's, you know, I, I asked for it when I, when I did Top Chef, I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into. And at a certain point, I don't think I really truly understood what I was getting myself into when I signed on for this one. But I think that's just life. That's probably good. It is. And, and it's, it's kind of funny. It's like I had no point in this process did, did I ever want it to go on this long. <laughs> And in hindsight, it did, and I think the best thing to do is just to roll with it. But I think genuinely, people—it's—it's it's really hard to gauge too. And this is my first one. I bet guys like Gorham and and Rucker are very good at after a couple of restaurants, like really reading. It's—it's it's sometimes hard to see through the the shows, the social media love, and I feel like you you have kind of a honeymoon when you first open up, and people are just stoked to be there, and you. You're just constantly tasting your stuff and questioning and really looking at consistency. I think in a, in a city like Portland where everybody loves one another, that's got to be very difficult because no matter what, you're no one's going to want to hurt your feelings. And, so then, and say, then you get that oh, re- this is the best. And then you get that review and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, what, what the, I'm sure that's happened because everybody's hearing from their friends. Of course. So, so I think we just try and take a really hard look at ourselves every day and and truly try and find things that we can be better at and... Um, I'm I'm really happy with the way the proteins are being cooked and smoked in the restaurant. There's always room to get better, and the menu needs to grow. Um, you know, we'll be way more in a in a city like Portland now. You know, vegetables. I'm it, you always want to like make sure you have enough vegetables and stuff, but I want to stay true to myself. And at the end of the day, I just want a menu that I want to eat everything on the menu every single day. I think that's really all we can do. And it's a, and the menus pretty unique you don't see that menu looking a menu that looks like that in portland and i will say by the way speaking of vegetables your soup was absolutely delicious oh, good. That I had. You. it was thank really you. good so that's not your i came in and it was a little late for lunch so and i wanted something light and that's what was there was, good well i'm glad it's not what you, anybody's expecting to be the only thing that you have <laughs> at bullard um how does it feel um to be across the street from rosa rosa good i mean he he's he's downtown you know, and I think that Portland is so small. I mean, I'm I'm four blocks away from Imperial. That so. too, but I'm just. I guess I'm asking from the standpoint that you know, years ago you walked into Paley's place pretty green, totally, and uh, 
And it's, you were the young guy, and he he cited on the podcast too, who had drive like nobody else, and um, there to please, and there to, and there to grow. I think he and called me a sponge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and now I I thought about it when I was in Rosa Rosa with Vitaly. I said, so how do you, I just asked him how he was really proud of you, and but oh, totally. it's got to be pretty cool that you it know is. to look back and you you didn't know where you were going and, in those days. And one thing that I can say about Vito and. I think that the scene in Portland is there's it's not one of competition. I think he always he always used to say all the time, the more the merrier, right? The more so it's it's great. I'm super glad that that one something's there and, and extremely happy that it's him. because um, I know how they roll and I think that the the busier a couple blocks can be, the better everybody everybody wins. And I think you look at Mississippi or division or these little pops in neighborhoods and it's it's just great. So it's 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 fantastic. And your neighborhood's going to change a lot in the next year with that's, that food cart pod. That's, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. Oh, it's still a rumor. It's not actually happening I, yet. I mean, I'm not in, I'm, I don't run with the, with the oh, circle not, that would. You're not the major the, investor the, in, the, uh, that, that, in the project? Um, I've, I've heard that though. And I think construction will be a, will be a bitch. And it's probably karma for me that, that I'll deal with that. Cause I think the Woodlock building put a strain on, on everyone. I'm, I'd be super bummed. I, I love that out our windows you can see the food cart pod, and it's like this big open space. So it'll 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 be a bummer, but you can't really stop progress, right? But it's, but that's again. I'm talking about your a, a relatively young guy opening up a restaurant in this new financial world of Portland. I mean, everything's changed. Totally. That's also that's that is also part of it. That food cart pod across oh, the way that when, that when news of that happened everybody say well geez what created the ambiance and the character of neighborhoods is what they're taking out and then there'll be probably one or two of those food carts occupying brick and mortar spaces in that yep. and, then, and then someone else some big group will come in and take another one you know it's funny every about once a week someone in my dining room i'll i'll be talking to i love to touch tables i love to to go out and my kitchen's totally open, and I love to like you know get feedback. I love feedback in in any shape or form. I like even craving. negative. You're okay with you got to because I have found that there are some some restaurant owners and chefs who are perfectly fine with positive feedback, but they don't want to. I that's how we get better. And I mean, I think that you know when I look back at like Top Chef, like learning how to take that. The people who did well in the competition were people who could take feedback. And listen, right? But, but and, those were all learn. professionals giving you feedback. Those are industry people giving you feedback. How do you feel about feedback from bring it from people like me who don't, you know, aren't I, restaurant well, professionals? Well, I think I think you're 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 a professional and and not really. I, I, I mean, think I'm that, a professional eater. And then you know, I think that we can get too caught up in. I I think it's more important to get feedback from my normal guests than than name and I mean you know you. And I love I love one of my favorite people to feed in the world is Gary, because after Gary has Gary the foodie, Gary the foodie, Gary after the Gary has dinner at Bullard, I'll write him a message and I'll be like, give it to me, and he'll just let me have it. And it's great to know where and and it's you got to learn how to like take it not so per- it's it's good for the business. I love to hear the things. Well, his feedback is. One of the you, it's got to be fantastic because he's eating all over the world. So, so but he, but he also he also comes in. You know, the dude likes Domino's too. Yeah. Like he, 
He's, oh, he's a, been he's been here talking about his favorite thing at McDonald's. No one's ever done that. But I think it's so important. If you build a wall, then you're you're in trouble, right? Like it's not. And when I look at my food, it's not. I mean, I'm not Michelin star. I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not Jose Chase. I'm not showing like these crazy techniques. Or I just want to cook food that like people want to eat. And I have a very kind of you know I like I like a plate of chicken and flour tortillas so I think that I'm, I really am we're cooking for those folks so that's who I want to hear from and so those folks at the Woodlark what, what what's the mix of clientele that's local versus coming from out of town I would I bet my my managers would have a better I'm still pretty pretty head down but I think it's it seems like a good mix right now and I but I still think we're in the honeymoon you know like I'd be in a year I think I'll probably have a better grasp of of who my audience is but we are seeing a lot of people who live downtown come in which makes me so happy because I think it's a it, it's it is a neighborhood no matter mm-hmm. it's a it's a very different neighborhood than most in Portland's but it is and there's a ton of people who live there that should have a great spot to get a burger and a piece of chicken Kind of like what me and Whitney crave and, you know, St. John's, you, you have your little spots. So it's super fun to, to kind of to, to try and, and build it to something that you could have that clientele that comes in for a great, a great plate of food. Where are your favorite places in St. John's? You know, realizing this podcast is so big that once you mention them, no one's ever going to be able to get in again. <laughs> no, just. Where, where do we like to eat in St. John's? Oh, man. Uh, well, we love that cart, the. Um, the sushi cart? No, but we like that too. There's so many good places. What cart? The, um, oh, Coyote? Yeah. It's um on Pheasant There's Rose City Taqueria that's good, and then there's a, a little cart that has fucking... Am- oh, I almost said the A word, but I'm not going to... You already gonna- said it. You already blew it once, oh. so Did I, I didn't call it? it to your attention. I think I blew it too. I don't think so. I don't know. I, do. I wouldn't notice if you did. I'm just... I'm just- oh. <laughs> really good fish tacos really good like and really what's it like, called what's it called uh el coyote mm-hmm. and we like um we like uh the fishwife fishwife is I great been there on a lombard long time yeah it's fucking good. good we love dubs but they we close love dominoes. but I, I hear you the dubs. do love dominoes yeah. she loves dominoes no i can't see we love dominoes, dominoes. Doug Adams with all loves the, Domino's. wait a minute with all the good pizza in town mm-hmm. you would you would go to dominoes well, i mean when you're in saint john's you're you're a truck away from anyone who's going to deliver. Dude, or are you going to spend sixty bucks? You're talking to a guy who lives in Manzanita and also lives in Southwest. <laughs> we, so I'm we, not really feeling sorry for you. We totally and, and dig. Court, li- court lives out in Tiger too. So we totally dig ranch pizza. Yeah, we're, we're big into that mm-hmm. right now. Um, we love. There's a little tiny two podcasts spot. in a row that's been mentioned. Ranch pizza. It's good. Yeah, yeah. The the number four. Is which one is that? Is that that's the, ricotta? the sausage and ricotta. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's really good. We yeah. like the pepperoni too. There's a we probably eat at this little hole in the wall called Drunken Noodle the most though on Lombard. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's Just easy. We, it's like two blocks away from us. Yeah. Nice. So, um, uh, do you foresee? Have you talked about family planning or that sort of thing? And if you don't want to answer that, that's fine. I don't want to put you on the spot. We've we've talked about it. I, I think that we're both equally excited to. When you, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to do anything and everything with her, and that sounds so fun. That's part of it. It sounds. Oh, really it sounds exciting. so fun, Court. Do you want to chime in? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I, kidding. I, I, obviously, it's it's hard, but 
Core looks happy. Oh no, let me tell you something. If you're in love, it's it's awesome. It's like the it's the you know, it is the consummate way of expressing your love and so and it would be a beautiful child. Or they would be beautiful children. They not will be. they will be yeah. beautiful children. <laughs> Tall. 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 Wouldn't that be funny? Well, do you want have you ever seen a picture of my son who I kind of try to keep out of all of this? So I've I'm, seen. I'm five eight. Do you know how tall he is? How, how tall? Six six. See, my my biggest so fear funny. is having like a super tall, like jockey son that I'd have to like. What's punish. up, Dad? <laughs> punish yeah. when up? he's a junior no, in high school. Can, I'll give you. Yeah. I can give you the the whole rundown of that. When all of a sudden <laughs> they're becoming taller than you are, and they're still in their teenage wise ass years, and now they're taller, and they're looking down on you, and. Uh, that's a, that's a fun experience. I think my my dad is a is a pretty short guy. My brother is is taller mm-hmm. for for my family, but my dad just had like the scary. I mean, I think that even if I was like two feet taller than my dad, he still would have scared the absolute shit out of me. Yeah, when I was a kid, it's like well, that's that, good. That look and that demeanor, he, I, I can tell. Court has it. I'm just no I, the way you're describing this because I outgrew my dad in seventh grade, but there was just this presence about my dad. You just Scary. you don't you don't do shit around dad. Yeah, You'd, so uh, that's what you got to establish. Now I'm starting to feel like that I didn't have that presence. I got to go back <laughs> and uh, I did. No, I'm, no. Sure, I'm sure you did, but well, I I took my daughters out to dinner the other night with a bunch of friends and like it was getting a little chaotic. And I just I, I shot a look at my my 11 year old and she like. And I was like, oh, sweet. There it is. There it is. I've arrived. It's the dad look. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, that's no, a lot. I to, think. That's a, it's hard to envision right now when you're both taking, uh, you have big projects. And how long have you been doing what you're doing at 10 Barrel? Uh, I've been there since um, breaking ground. So it's four and a half years now. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. And if you asked me how long ago that was, again, I would have said two years. Everything is I, always double. I know. I know. So, and I, you know, I wasn't there, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah. So are you tempted, do you, um, you have to have some sort of, do you have a business relationship? So you're serving 10 barrel at Bullard? Am I bringing up something that? No. Yeah. Whitney, go ahead. Uh, I, I make Doug a beer, a special, um, Bullard only beer. It's oh. a uh, traditional Bach, like a Shiner Bach lager. Is it something that he had to like or just something that you thought would be great for the restaurant? Uh, he, what was the criteria? I said I should make you a beer and he's like, yeah, something like a like a Shinerbach. I'm like, done. And I made the first, you know, first go around and it just stuck. Didn't change the recipe. It's our it's a, by far our highest selling beer at at Bullard and it is so good. Do you think that's because people feel they're going to taste the love? Maybe. It's also just it is, you know, it's you a. You put per- that on the menu. There's not a, and she could speak way more to this than me, but I feel like in most restaurants you go to, you'll see a lot of the same stuff. You'll see Breakside IPA, you'll see Freem Pills or Heater Allen Pills, you'll see the Boneyard. Was the Boneyard Red? Is that see. because they're just superior marketing? I think it becomes. There's so many breweries, so. I think that there's some convenience too. You know, if it's a good price and it's distributors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, but I don't think that when it comes to truly like pairing, I, I don't think that, uh, a big IPA would go well with anything in Bullard, like on the level that like a lighter multi-year Bach does that, that right, she, and you don't see, you, you don't wouldn't see, have said this three or four years ago, right? You wouldn't no, have been discussing that. Not no. at all. 
No. So there's some education involved. <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. I'm sorry, I cut you off. And you don't see you don't see that style. You don't see traditional Bach um, anywhere. You don't see anyone doing it. So, well, you might see people doing it now. It's good. Yeah, after they hear how it good great, it is it over goes there. Great with the chicken and the beef rib. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have to ask because we're running short on time. I must ask what the wedding plans are. When are you? What's the date? And what kind of wedding is it going to be? What beer are you serving? September 28th. Oh, it's not It's not too far. Not too far. Right. I know. It's scary me that you just said that. And um, we're, we're, well, it's also a long I way know, out. I know, I, I mean, know. We're, It'll come really quickly. And it's a super fun, uh, legendary spot where um, we're getting hitched at the Steamboat Inn on the Umpqua. Oh, I've which, never been there, but I've heard so many oh, good no. things about it's it. Tons. I remember coming up under Vitaly. Him and Philippe would go cook there every year. And we. I did a dinner with uh, Carl Hole. From uh, Spetzel and Speck and Park Avenue out there, and we, Jen went and Whitney went, and we just thought it was awesome. So we, we inquired and we got it. I paired beer out there with your food. Uh huh. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I walked in and I was like, "This is it." This so we're gonna spot. bring a bunch of folks down there and some beer and some wine. Camping. And where's your honeymoon gonna take place? Or is that gonna be your Argentina? Uh, oh, don't cry for me. I think <laughs> yeah. that we're thinking Argentina. <laughs> to go fish and eat do, eat beef. Eat beef and <laughs> That is fantastic. And how yeah. long are you gonna take there? I don't know. You said ten days ish. 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 We, we still we gotta <laughs> I don't want my team to start getting nervous now. <laughs> Ricky Bella listening to this. What am I going to do? Um, he would be fine. Ricky could. We're taking 10 spot. days. We're taking 10 days. 10 days it is. There you go. Big decisions <laughs> made here on, uh, on this podcast. So um, thank you both for taking the time to come. We know you're busy. This is kind of a backhanded way of you coming, Doug, because um, we invited Whitney and then we had this International Women's Month and... Molly had mentioned that she would love to interview Whitney, and so subsequently you had said you'd come in and have some fun with Whitney here, so you became the the guy. Appreciate it. I love this podcast. I'm always always happy to be here. I appreciate it. It's it's our pleasure. Um, So thanks very much, and thanks for all you you have in front of you, and we're looking forward. I can't wait to hear your interview, and it will be, it might be the first one where I'm not even involved. Oh, wow. So. All the ladies. All the ladies. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, thank I you. have one more question I want to inter- insert there that wouldn't have been appropriate after talking about your wedding. Um, but I just, and if you don't feel like talking about it, I just wanted to ask you about, you were mentioning uh, how much you were drinking when you met and how much you were smoking. And then recently, uh, Karen Brooks just came out with a, a very interesting article about the culture in Portland and... Uh, sobriety and just wanted to get your thoughts on that your buddy gregory man that guy from where he came to where he is now it's, it's it, it there's nothing more amazing and if any i said it because it just that deserves it that deserves that word if anybody hasn't looked up we've had him on the podcast you can listen to that but also there are a lot of interviews with him and stories about him look up gregory gorday and see where he's come it's your unreal. thoughts on 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 sobriety and the culture. Everybody's getting a little older now, right? And you're getting married and you're thinking about it. It's, it's, a, it's a topic that me and Whitney discuss um, often. It's, it's, it's really hard. And with all the pressure, sometimes you just... So I'm, it's something that I'm working on on a daily basis with Whitney's help. 
um, pushing me in the right direction. It's it's absolutely a thing. And if I didn't, I would make Whitney unhappy, which is not an option. So we're 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 working through it on a daily basis. I didn't. I was not pointing the finger at you. I was just. Oh, no, I was I'm actually a, trying to get the your thoughts on. I'm, that's just on my, what's going on out there. And I, and I thought of me because it's something that I'm that I'm act that I'm working on. And it's, it's, it's not hard. easy either. It, it isn't. And, but you know, I, I equate opening up a restaurant as kind of like being bipolar. There's these extreme highs and extreme lows that can go from day to day. And you have these little victories that make you want to go celebrate that aren't really like truly victories. And then you have these low points where you feel like you need to do the same thing. So it's, it's great trying to find some balance. And at the end of the day, I'll always choose her. Um, but I think it's it's amazing that it's being talked about in the industry and I think the best thing that we can do is set a good example and those dudes are Gregory sets an amazing example I cooked with Gregory on a cruise ship in the middle of the Caribbean and I remember thinking like why why would you ever agree to come here because you're just you're stuck and, the, and there's, a bar, run too far. there's a bar around every corner and you're right. getting like bombarded with drunk people and I remember like thinking has was strong dude like you know it's so i i applaud them leading the right, Gabriel, Gabriel too, man. totally yeah. and in the right direction and i think that there's always that for gabriel i think that there was probably so much pressure of people being like oh is he gonna lose his rock star image and i think he got better and yeah, he's maturing and it's it's amazing but you know that there people say dumb stuff in this industry and you you worry about dumb and i'm not putting words in his mouth or anything like that but you know that he had that awesome rock star image, and I think he reinvented himself in an even better, stronger way. That's that's doing even more for people. So it's it's incredible. Yeah, I think so too, and I'm glad Karen wrote that article. It I was amazingly well written too. It was well written, and she said, "You know, she's a great one to write it." And um, and it's great that it's out there. And again, it's it's also a function of a lot of you guys are all growing up, and you can't live the frat life forever. No, you so, cannot. Um, and it's good to hear that you, you've got a wonderful influence in your life. So we'll look forward to uh, following this love story. It's interesting. <laughs> and, and, and these careers, too, as well. Thank you very much. Thanks. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. 